Join founder of I Am a Watchman Ministries, Scott Townsend, with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View from the Wall. Welcome to A View from the Wall. I'm Dylan Bruce here with Scott Townsend, founder of I Am a Watchman Ministries. And today we have the special honor of talking with Tom Hughes, founder of Hope for Our Times Ministries. Let me take a moment just to share a little bit of a story as we begin. First of all, HopeForOurTimes.com is a website about the revelation and prophecies of the Bible that includes over 467 videos, 33,000 subscribers, and 3.5 million views. Founder of this amazing resource is Pastor Tom Hughes of 412 Church in San Jacinto, California. And his reviews of the world today regarding biblical aspects of the end times are relevant for all of us who are watchmen on the wall. We are excited to be with you, Tom. Thank you for joining us here today. Oh, great being here. Wonderful. Well, Scott, why don't you get us started in our discussion with Tom today as we begin our topic? We're excited to have as our guest today, Tom Hughes, Senior Pastor of 412 Church in California. I had the great pleasure of meeting you and the team there while attending the regional Lamb and Lion Prophecy Conference last May. You recently released a teaching titled, Getting Rid of Jesus. A number of end times teachers, including Jan Markell, whom we've also had on the show, have remarked how they've never imagined our world changing as much as it has in only the last few years. From your perspective, talk about the step-by-step reality of how the world system is trying to remove Jesus from society and, shockingly, even from the church today. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I find it quite remarkable in the one sense. It's, it's frightening if you don't know the Bible, but if you do know the Bible, then you can make sense of what's going on. But, Scott, I, I liken it to, or I can look at it from the perspective of uh, why it's come about the way it has. I think political correctness has a lot to do with it. And so we live in a world right now where um, the Bible is, you know, you can't put a Bible on a billboard. You know, there's, uh, we, we're finding that type of thing. Uh, you mentioned Jesus on TV, you're going to be censored, you're, you're going to be ridiculed. You know, I, I can even look at something like um, uh, Tim Tebow, when he used to take a knee <laughs> after, after he'd score a touchdown or something like that and praise the Lord, and he was totally mocked for that. I don't know if you recall that, but now um, you know you're able to take a knee for other things, but just not a knee for Jesus. So we see this in the political uh, correctness uh, regard. But here's the other thing: we're seeing this happen within churches too. And if you go back to the time of Hitler, if you were a church, if you were a pastor that went along with the government, with the Nazi regime, then you were okay. But if you spoke the truth and you spoke against it, that's when you got yourself in all kinds of trouble. And I see everything going that same direction. I, I talk with Jan Markell a lot. These things are happening so fast. It is truly amazing to watch. And it's coming. I mean, when I put together the different prophecies about how things are going to wind down and the direction everything is going to go, I find it absolutely remarkable, but also a reminder. Look, we need to warn people and tell them Look, this is what the Bible said the world was going to look like before Jesus returns. 
And Tom, that's a remarkable statement, actually, because as I look back even 10 years ago, you know, you could see the beginnings of this decline, but it happened slowly enough that it escaped many people's attention. But now there's just no mistaking it. It is out in the open and it's got devastating implications. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I can look back. In fact, I have regular prophecy messages that I do. Then I also have a weekly news program that I do where I tie in the weekly news with the Bible. And it's amazing, you guys. It is truly amazing to me. If I go back 20 or 25 years to uh, when I started teaching Bible prophecy, it was really hard to find a story that would connect, that would make sense with the direction that the Bible said the world was going to go. Uh, but you look at it now, just, I would say, literally in the last two years, it has uh, escalated in an enormous rate. And now, I agree, it's hard to look at what's going on in the world and not make that connection if you know your Bible. If you don't know your Bible, you've got to wonder what in the world is going on. I hear people that don't know the Lord, that are trying to make sense of what they see happening. And um, unfortunately, within the church, there's a lot of people that just want to ignore the truth uh, about the world that we live in. And man, we are, we are in it. It's, uh, we were being warmed up like that frog in a kettle before, slow cooked, but now it is, it, this thing is hot and it's boiling. And, and uh, man, if you're paying any attention at all, you've got to at least have your questions out there wondering where's all of this going. And, and fortunately, with the Bible, we have answers. We know exactly where this is going. Yeah, well, it's so exciting to hear your biblical perspective on this. I'm curious where you got started in studying Bible prophecy and how it became such a passion of your ministry that you have today. Uh, I have no idea. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry about that. It was probably about 40 years ago. I was I, I didn't know the Lord, and I saw this documentary, and it was a Hal Lindsey documentary, The Late Great Planet Earth. You know, right. given you know misinformation or whatever, people have other opinions about it. But it got me thinking. And then uh, I came to faith in the Lord probably, uh, it was about 30 years ago, a little over 30 years ago. And I had already had the seed planted of Bible prophecy. And then when I got saved, it just took off. And, and I started studying right away. And I know it was the Lord who put this into my mind and in my heart. And, and quite frankly, I, I don't want to sound weird about it, but I do have a, a good understanding of how these things fit. I can read things. I can see them in the news, and I can read my Bible, and it, it connects pretty quickly. And, and I believe that God has just called certain people to be watchmen right now, including you. And he's raising up his people because, listen, this thing is winding down. The Lord is coming. And, uh, man, before he comes, it's going to get even uglier. Certainly. Well, as we talk about this idea of a watchman, what do you mean when you say watchman? A lot of times we talk about this on radio or online, and people say, what does it even mean to be a watchman for the Lord today? If you go back to the Old Testament prophets, the Hebrew prophets, and they were to be watchmen. Uh, one particular scripture says watchmen on the wall, and it's watching for the enemy and understanding. But when you had that principle, the watching for the enemy, uh, trying to take over a city, God was applying that in those specific places with the Old Testament prophets to watching and warning the Israelites about the spiritual ramifications and the prophecies that were going to be fulfilled. And if you look all the way back to the Old Testament, you have the prophecies of when uh, Jerusalem was going to be taken by the Babylonians and the Assyrians would take the northern kingdom, but it applies to where we are today also. 
We're going to take a quick break, but in just a moment, we'll be back with Tom. So stick with us as we talk more about what it means to be a watchman and how it applies to us today. We'll be right back. Welcome, we're back with Tom Hughes, and we're having a discussion about what it means to be a watchman on the wall today. We've talked about what it means biblically, but as we look at the news, watchmen understand the change in military tensions in Israel are prophecies being fulfilled before our very eyes. Watchmen know we're not just in the last days, we may be in the last hour. So as we look at it in general terms, Tom, tell us where we are on the timeline of Bible prophecy today. Wow. Honestly, I think we are so, so close. It is truly remarkable. Um, Anybody that wants to understand Bible prophecy, and quite frankly, if you want to understand the Bible, it's understanding uh, what the Lord said to the Jewish people, Old Testament and New Testament. The Bible's a Jewish book. And when you can wrap your head around that and you understand the purpose of from the laws and the feast days all pointing to the Lord in His first coming— you can also understand, listen, the Bible's Israel-centered, Jerusalem-centered, and even the Temple Mount. So you start from there, you start looking, what's going on in the nation of Israel? What are the prophecies regarding the nation of Israel in the last days? And you start to look at things, and quite frankly, again, I look at these things, and it is, it's the wow factor. When we see what's happening with the nation of Israel, established again as a nation, officially, uh, we recognize it's 1948 with the UN recognition of Israel. But the Aliyah, the, the Jews gathering back into the land, that began sometime before that. They have their language that's restored to them. In fact, I'm learning a conversational Hebrew right now. It's just it's fantastic. I thoroughly enjoy it. But you look at the, the prophecies regarding the nations that will be surrounding Israel in the last days and the threats that are coming against them from the north. So you look at uh, prophecies like in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel 38 and 39, where uh, you have Gog and, and Magog, uh, you have the, the whole prophecies with Russia, Iran, and Turkey that come against Israel. Get this, on the northern, from the north of Israel, uh, coming down, and they enter into battle with Israel in the mountains of Israel. And everything is pointing to the Golan Heights with Russia, Iran, and Turkey coming to battle against Israel right on the Golan Heights. And it's going to happen at a time when the entire world is against Israel. The world's not going to be supporting Israel. Um, I don't think that particular battle is going to happen tomorrow, uh, because uh, currently the United States still supports Israel, but that support for Israel could go away uh, any time. But I look at that, and truly it's remarkable, you guys, because you have the nations God was very specific and then you look at where we are today, these nations didn't even exist back at the time these prophecies were written. Israel ceased to exist as a nation. God said, I will bring uh, the, the Jews back into the land again. I'll bring my people back into the land again. I will bring them back a second time. I will establish them in the land. They will re-inhabit the wasteland, and, the, and they're going to grow produce there. And all of these different things. You guys, it is truly incredible when you just take Israel and you realize the hundreds of prophecies regarding the nation of Israel, and everything is lined up. If you were to take pieces of a puzzle, for example, that were regarding the last day's prophecies, and you put them all together, you'd say, man, all the pieces are in place. It's just a matter of when the Lord is going to say, okay, today is the day. 
And so I look at it, and man, it is truly, we live in exciting times. I believe we live in some of the most exciting times to be alive as far as a Christian is. We absolutely do. Well, I love this idea of learning conversational Hebrew. Uh, many people don't understand the significance of that. It was a dead language at one point and has now come back to become the official language of Israel. People like yourself can study it still today. It's a living language that's part of God reviving the nation and the languages we prepare for the last days. This is talked a lot uh, in the book of Ezekiel in particular. You mentioned Ezekiel 38 and some of the nations that will come against Israel in the last days. But I want to transition a little bit to what we see today. A lot of people talk about Matthew chapter 24. It talks about evidence of wars, of famines, and of earthquakes, and of natural disasters, and even apostasy in the church. These are all things that we can see somewhat today. How does this fit into what we are talking about as being watchmen on the wall in the end times? Wow, it's almost like, well, where do I begin with this one? Right. So I think of it like this. Uh, David Reagan, uh, says that there's there were 108 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled regarding his first coming. Um, Joel Rosenberg says there's eight times as many prophecies regarding the second coming of Christ as his first coming. So that would put us at well over 800 prophecies regarding the second coming of Christ. So when you, you take passages like Matthew chapter 24, where the disciples were specific, they asked Jesus, tell us what is the sign of your coming and the end of the age? When will these things be? Uh, and one of the questions was applying to uh, Jerusalem being destroyed in 70 A.D. But the end of the age and the sign of your coming, they're talking about a second coming. And, and because they were there with him during his first coming. So Jesus went on to list not one sign, but many signs in the Old Testament and the New Testament throughout over 800 signs. So you take Matthew chapter 24, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places, wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation. Uh, Jesus likened all of these things, he said, are the beginning of sorrows. That phrase, beginning of sorrows, is a term that is uh, used in pregnancy. It's for birth pangs. So what he's saying is we're always going to have wars and rumors of wars. There's always going to be... economic problems, there's always going to be famine. However, when you get close to the end, it's going to be like birth pangs. These things are going to grow in frequency. They're going to grow in intensity. Um, Now, listen to this. One of the things Jesus said, again, it was nation against nation, wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation. That term nation comes from a Greek word, ethnos. We get our English word, ethnic. It's people group. Now, this is truly amazing. He was saying in the last days, people group will go against people group, and it will be like birth pangs. It will explode in frequency and intensity. And right now, you guys, we are watching entire continents change because of this nation against nation, people group against people group. Look what's happening over in Europe right now. It is just unbelievable. But Jesus said all of these things. Wars and rumors of wars. Never have we had the rumors of wars like we do now. Now it's nuclear. Uh, It didn't used to be nuclear. Now it has grown so much in frequency and intensity, there is a fear that these wars are all going to break out that will be nuclear. I believe it's going to come during the tribulation period. Same thing with economic collapse. That will come during the tribulation period. Uh, But 
But boy, are we pressing toward that. So I look at this. These are all signs that, man, we better wake up. The Lord is coming, and He could come at any moment. That's so well said. And it's uh, one thing for people to see these things in the news headlines and get scared and fearful and look at all the wars and rumors of wars. But as Christians, we can look at 1 Thessalonians 4 when it talks about to encourage one another with these things. Our hope is the rapture of Jesus Christ, Him coming back to take His people to be with Him forever. And we're excited to declare that message and talk more about it. We know you have a conference coming up this next summer that you're hosting. We want to give people a chance to hear more about that in a moment so stick with us we'll be right back after this Dylan Burroughs and Scott Townsend back with Tom Hughes for our final segment today as we talk about being watchmen for the Lord. And Scott, as we continue our discussion today, you had an important question we wanted to get in today as we continue talking with Tom. It's important to have enough discernment to not give the enemy credit for what he does not or cannot do. Watchmen see the enemy's false light as seeking to take God's place or accept credit for God's work. And we cite, of course, 2 Corinthians 11.14 for the enemy's deception in this regard. Talk about staying balanced, because watchmen can reach a point where they've seen so many videos and read so many books on AI or occult symbolism in Hollywood or the mark of the beast or the deep state that they can't carry on a normal conversation any longer. People dismiss us as just being weird and stick us in a box. And in many cases, begin to tune out the signs of our times and the warning that watchmen are accountable to give. With that in mind, Tom, how do Christians and watchmen in particular stay relevant today? Uh, that's, that's such a good question because I've seen some uh, pretty interesting things out there in, in the circles I, I'm involved in. But I can tell you this, my wife and my kids keep me balanced. That's a good start. I, you know, I have a lot of different things in my head. But at the same time, we have to remember there's an entire Bible. And right now I'm going through three different books that are dealing with the Christian character that are based upon the Bible. And those things remind me of what am I supposed to be like? What kind of message am I really conveying? Because I have two different purposes. One of them is, yes, I'm telling people Jesus is coming again. But also, even more than that, if people need to know that Jesus came the first time, and he forgives us of our sin. And if we get too far out there, people aren't going to listen to the message that we have. There's still certain characteristics that we, we, we've got to display. And um, so it's understanding this, too, that I have all these things in my head, but I can't remember who it was that said this many years ago. It's been quoted many times over. But people don't really care what you know unless they know that you care. So there's certain aspects of your Christian character that still need to be there. Again, there's an entire Bible, a quarter of the Bible is Bible prophecy, maybe a little bit more than that, but that means that there's still three quarters of the Bible that's not Bible prophecy. So we, we don't want to ignore that part of the Bible, too. And, and I really want to encourage people, be involved in a, in, in a church and uh, you know find a good church, a good Bible teaching church, and, and be involved in it. Those things will help you to stay balanced. 
Well, it's spoken like a good pastor. And Scott, as we continue talking to Tom, I'm excited about the inaugural Hope for Our Times conference. It's coming June 28th to 30th, 2019 at the Hyatt Regency in Indian Wells Resort in Southern California. The speaker lineup is incredible. Uh, Tom, can you just take a moment and share with our audience what they can expect to learn and experience as they come to the conference this year at your event? Yeah, well, it's going to be fantastic. I think right now we have 16 speakers that are lined up. Uh, Jack Hibbs, uh, David Reagan, Jam Markell, Dr. Hormuz Shariat, Elijah Abraham, James Cadiz, Olivier Melnick. So, what I, and more. There's a lot more on there. People can go to Hope for Our Time to get that info. But uh, with that, um, what I really wanted to do was give as much of a balance to Bible prophecy as I can. So, we have some things that are going to be focused on Iran. We have a lot that's going to be focused on the nation of Israel. Uh, some are going to be about where America is right now, but putting the whole picture together. We're going to talk about Russia, and uh, we're going to be talking about Turkey. We're going to be talking, obviously, about Europe, and uh, each speaker is going to have a different message that they're going to be bringing. And I'm going to do something a little bit different in this conference that I haven't experienced much in prophecy conferences. I have some guests that I'm going to be interviewing that come from some really radical backgrounds. It's going, to, it's going to be pretty exciting because, again, the message of the second coming of Christ gives us the opportunity to be able to give people the message that Jesus came the first time. And I am so excited uh, just about that possibility and being able to encourage people who want to know about the Lord's return to understand how to be able to just share that message with other people, but also to be able to really get it in a way that they've never gotten it before. I believe the time is so short. Uh, oh, oh, by the way, we also have guest worship. Uh, Lev Shalot is going to be there. There's messianic worship team, music. They are just over the top. They travel the world. They're coming. So we have people coming from Israel. We have people coming from the United States. Uh, we have people coming from, from all over. It's going to be a terrific conference. And you guys are going to be there. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely be there, and we're excited about all that you just explained and more. And, of course, the time together is one of the most special parts of it, so excited to be with you and some of your team and the guests you mentioned. Scott, bring us into our next question. I know we got more we want to get in before our time is done today. Tom, we uh, always include several questions directed towards those who identify themselves as watchmen and women in these last days. There are people who see the world events in light of Bible prophecy and feel a sense of urgency, just as we've been talking about on the show, and that spurs them to live righteously and to share the gospel because of the times. We always ask our guests uh, to address that group directly. In other words, to speak directly into the body of watchmen and watchwomen all over the world to encourage them and to help uh, support their difficult calling. What would you like to say to the watchman community today? I would say a key word would be hope. In fact, we changed the name of our ministry from End Times TV to Hope for Our Times um, because End Times conveyed too many quite frankly, too many scary things to the masses of people that we were trying to reach. And we really wanted them to know, listen, there's hope in all of this. So the problem is, when you're teaching Bible prophecy, you're you're talking about some scary subjects, because these things are happening. I mean, look at the political things that are happening in America alone. But you look at these things, wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes, They're scary, and it can almost sound like you're gloating in the bad news, and that's that's not good. God doesn't gloat in the bad news, and neither should we. 
So it's understanding I'm delivering these facts, but I must bring hope. I've got to let the people know, man, there is great news in this. Listen to this. God told us these things were going to be this way. The prophet Isaiah wrote that God tells us the end from the beginning so we would know what's coming. Because of that, we have a hopeful message. We know the Lord is coming again. We know there's a heaven that is a real place. It's not a figment of somebody's imagination. So you've got to deliver hope if we want people to hear and even be able to receive the message. I love that word, hope. And again, if you want more information from Pastor Tom, go to hopeforourtimes.com. That's hope, F-O-R-O-U-R, times.com. And Tom, on behalf of Scott Towns and myself and the I Am A Watchman ministry team, we want to thank you for your time today. We also want to encourage listeners to check out the many resources available at hopeforourtimes.com, as well as to check out your YouTube channel and some of the resources you have there. Thank you for being with us, and join us next time on A View From The Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.